And welcome in. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco in for the guys. It is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for allowing us in. Uh, coming up, we got a little bit from the uh, UH football scrimmage that took place on Saturday. Uh, you'll hear a little bit from head coach Timmy Chang. In fact, that's coming up in about 20 minutes. Uh, some of the things we talked about, they actually uh, simulated an overtime session uh, toward the end. Uh, didn't include that as part of what you'll hear in a little while. Uh, but some of what Coach Timmy Chang talked about at the end, he, he does mention the four quarterbacks that are right now in the running for, these, uh, for the quarterback job, although um, he hasn't committed to one. And he did also mention uh, traveling. Uh, with uh, four quarterbacks. So there's that and more uh, you'll hear in, in about 20 minutes. And then uh, my quick conversation with Dior Scott uh, will come up in the 4 o'clock hour. He was one of the guys that uh, I was a little more impressed with when I was watching that scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, so you'll hear that conversation uh, a little bit later on in the program. You can uh, text us at 808-296-1420. That is courtesy of our Zephyr Insurance text line. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and you can send us your tweets at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. You know, as, as we uh, pay attention a little bit to the way this season is going to play out, nobody's looking past Vanderbilt, which is the uh, now a 12 days away from Hawaii and Vanderbilt. And uh, what is for, I think I saw the recent line, Vanderbilt's a six and a half point favorite uh, on the road. Not a surprise. Um, and, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, well, Vandy's not good. Yeah, I, I know. Vandy's not good. Hawaii is a rebuilding team. Vanderbilt is still out of the SEC. And SEC bad does not necessarily mean um, college football bad. So that game becomes very interesting, obviously, right out of the gate. There, I, I think as you try not to look ahead, but a little bit later on on Hawaii's schedule, the week one game is Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky has been listed as, uh, as a favorite. But there is an intriguing part of that Western Kentucky story that comes into play, and that is Jarrett Doge, who is uh, the transfer from West Virginia. Uh, but it's it's been a long and, and windy road for Doge because uh, he was at Western Kentucky, uh, but previously he was at West Virginia for three years. He was at Bowling Green first, then goes to West Virginia the last couple of years through for 40 touchdowns in 27 games and uh, was second in passing completions the last couple of years. They go to a couple of bowl games. Doge is competing for the starting job at Western Kentucky. And we find out over the weekend that Doge has left Western Kentucky um, he was competing with Austin Reed, who's a transfer from from West Florida. And, and granted, I don't know where Doge was at if he had won that job or lost that job. I think we have a fairly good idea of what the answer was. But he was on the Maxwell Award watch list. 
uh, which a lot of quarterbacks or, or, or a lot of players get on. Um, you know, it's 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 not a select few. The watch list gets uh, a lot of players there early, but there are a lot of credentials for him. And uh, to see him in the transfer portal, I don't know how much that changes the game for that Western Kentucky game in uh, in week one. But when you go from Doge to Austin Reed, who is, uh, I would imagine now, Austin Reed is the likely starter in that game, then... Yeah, maybe you think a little bit differently about this game. Now, Reed is not bad himself because, you know, West Florida Division II team. But he's a a national championship quarterback because uh, he led West Florida to a D2 title in 2019. Um, His numbers have actually been pretty gaudy because – they throw the football a lot there at that program. Last year, finalist for the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is the best player in Division Two. what did he do? He threw for 3,418 yards and had 38 touchdowns. He was a second-team All-American. Uh, oh, that 2019 D2 title game in, in which, again, they won 523 yards, six touchdowns. So... Reed, I would imagine, has the job. Uh, I would imagine his ability to to sling the football as much as he does is going to come into play with that Western Kentucky offense. Um, And again, I think it remains to be seen how much that kind of affects the way that week one game looks. But so far, I mean, Hawaii is still kind of considered to be the underdog, even at home against a Conference USA team. Uh, but Western Kentucky is uh, no normal Conference USA team, not in the, not in the least. So uh, that's going to be a, a pretty interesting storyline. Again, try not to look too much farther from Week Zero. And Western Kentucky does have a Week Zero game against Austin P. Uh, Western Kentucky is listed right now as a 12-point favorite uh, on the road. A bigger favorite on the road than Vanderbilt is uh, going to Manoa to play the University of Hawaii. The nice thing about these week zero, these week zero games, which I think is actually a benefit for Hawaii having a, um, uh, you know, having a, a Western Kentucky on the schedule is that if you are playing at Hawaii, then you have that opportunity to schedule that 13th game and when they take that opportunity, as Western Kentucky is playing an FCS team, you're not going in blind on film. That is a benefit uh, to having that, that 13th game exemption. So now Western Kentucky takes that week zero game. They get to, uh, get to put themselves on film. I'm not sure if that, if that game's on television. I haven't honestly really check to see if it is um but right away you now have stuff right 
you know, the Vanderbilt prep, and you'll hear this from Timmy Chang a little bit later on. The Western Kentucky games on CBS Sports Network, by the way, uh, this Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday at 6 a.m. Uh, you know, Timmy Chang talked about on Saturday the the Vanderbilt prep really starts to get underway full gear uh, a little bit later on this week. I think he said Thursday was when they'll really, um, really get into it. Uh, but it will help that when you have that game week, you're not looking at last year's film and you're not looking at totally different quarterbacks. Um, you're going to be looking at what, Week one looks like from a team that will probably, uh, probably be one and zero. No, no disrespect to Austin P, but Western Kentucky should have a win at home under its belt before uh, uh, before that opening uh, before going to Hawaii in uh, in in week one. You know, I was thinking about it over the weekend when when thinking about game prep and uh, and, and the week one slash. Uh, week zero and the difficulties and challenges of that. And, you know, thank goodness for that too, not just because of the opponent actually having a game in there, but um, the transfer portal, I think, makes game breakdowns and game prep at the beginning of the year from, uh, you know, a little more difficult because more often than not, you know, you're going to be looking at film from last year of a team that could very likely be, well, very different. You know, I think if, if Hawaii wants to look at something that it might have an advantage on, and I realize it's a slight it's a slight advantage, it's not big, but you take anything you can get when you play an SEC team, is that um, this is a team that is vastly, vastly different than what it was a year ago. At an... At, you know, all across the field. I don't think we need to remind you about how many newcomers are on this team as compared to last season. I don't think we need to remind you of the new coaching staff. You know that. Um, But I look at, for example, even when it comes to someone like Braden Shager, who did play last year, um, seems to be to some, I think the favorite, or I shouldn't say to some, I think to many seems to be the favorite to, uh, to to be the starter opening night. We'll see. It hasn't been announced yet. But even that, like, what they ran, and maybe not necessarily what they ran, but how Hawaii ran its offense last year, run on first down, run on second down, pass on third down, punt. We can, we can go through that all the time. How Hawaii ran its offense last year uh, when Shager was in the game. And I think how uh, they run that offense this year, I think will be very, very different. And to me, that means the Shager film from from a year ago when he when he played, when he played, uh, you know, good to have for reference. But I'm not sure outside of maybe footwork outside of of maybe watching his mechanics i'm not sure how much shager film from a year ago is going to help vanderbilt in its preparation for now you know watching a little bit of the scrimmage on saturday one of the things that i took away a lot of it was um a lot of it was tempo especially early that was something that that i paid attention to quite a bit uh, the tempo looked good. It kind of slowed down a little bit later as 
um, as as we were watching that team kind of you know go into more uh, considerable close situations. You know, they they had a kind of an overtime simulation. They had a, a two point simulation that they had. Uh, that I believe got stopped by the defense, if I recall correctly, at the very end. Uh, but it was like I was looking at a different quarterback when Shager was in there, and we saw all of them. Um, but I didn't recognize that Braden Shager from the Shager that um, you know we saw last year in those few games. And that's why I think that's a, a slight, just a, a, a somewhat slight advantage that the University of Hawaii has going into that game uh, that I don't think it's recognizable to look a lot at last year. I don't, I don't know that offensively Hawaii is going to look like night and day play calling will probably be night and day from a year ago. Um, but I don't think they're going to look entirely different, but I think it will make a difference. Uh, you'll hear what Timmy Chang told us the uh, the assembled media on hand, and there wasn't a lot of us because um, you know some of the folks did have uh, election coverage, so we didn't have as we didn't we didn't really have as much of the TV presence uh, on Saturday as as normal because uh, you know television networks were were shifted over to uh, election night to get as many cameras as you could over to uh, the different election headquarters, but. Um, you'll hear what we did gather from Coach Timmy Chang coming up in uh, just a little bit. It is the Sports Animals. Chris and Gary will see you tomorrow morning. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. The Sports Center update is about 10 minutes away. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line, we'll ask this question for our Zephyr Insurance text line. If you think Hawaii's going to win against Vanderbilt a week from Saturday, as our countdown is now uh, 12 days out, if you think it will happen, why? Why do you believe that Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt? There is only one answer that I will not accept which I know sounds weird because I'm asking you to give me an answer and I'm just telling you already I'm not going to accept an answer just because I think the answer, frankly, is kind of lazy. Um, the only answer I will not accept is the following answer, and I quote, because Vanderbilt sucks, close quote. I, Keegan, is that your answer? Because you believe? Keegan Ota giving us... Something cold, hard, and believable, I guess. Uh, are you telling me I should or should not accept that answer, too? Like, give me something tangible. Why you think Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt uh, a week from Saturday? Belief is just heart. You don't like optimism? <laughs> no, I nothing to do with optimism. Nothing to do with optimism. Um... I, I want a little bit of substance. That's what I'm looking for. Belief is substance. Where? In, where? In our where, hearts, where, in our hearts uh, and minds. That's, that's, that does not count. That, that doesn't work. I, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate you trying. Uh, but no, that doesn't work. By the way, good time to tell you. Individual ticket sales for football today uh, started at 9 a.m. And uh, I am told here they have a family pack. Four season tickets 
for $130, and this is for two games. Uh, the Western Kentucky game, which is a little more interesting today, and uh, also the Wyoming game, of course, for the uh, for the Paniolo Trophy. And uh, the individual season tickets are available as well as uh, they look to sell things out. About 1,000 tickets left roughly for each game. Uh, so go to eTicketHawaii.com or go down to the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center box office to get your tickets today. Uh, it seems like it's been kind of going well so far. And I heard good things after last Monday um, as we were pushing the, uh, the the season ticket sales to the general public. I, I heard that got pretty good response. So uh, that's good as we get to uh, to opening night in 12 days. Uh, Timmy Chang met with us in the assembled media, and there wasn't a lot of us. The assembled media equals three people. Uh, on Saturday, following a practice and the scrimmage, uh, this is what Timmy said uh, to us. The first question coming from uh, KHON2's Christian Shimabuku. Um, Coach, how much um, clarity does a, a day like today provide um, as you guys try to build your depth? You know, it's, it's, it, it, it continues to um, it continues to add to guys' resumes and, and understand where they're at. Um, I think that's a, that's, that's a big, you know, that's a big... Uh, evaluation for us, you know, them just continue to build and build and build. We want all all the guys on the team, 110, 115, I think, guys we have on the field. We want them to continuously build to get better. You know, there's only there's only going to be some guys that in the ones and twos and, and guys that get on the road, but, um, you know, for us, it's it's just continuing to getting better and, and being ready. You know, some of these guys will be called upon week one. As you know, this game is what it is, and it, it ends up, in, you know, it's a tough game, so, you know, uh, everybody has to be ready at some point. Are you narrowing down after this? Yeah, I think we got it in our mind. We're, we're, we'll play we'll play on Monday. Uh, we'll, we'll practice on Monday. Uh, Tuesday we'll do a mock game and scenarios. And then uh, on, uh, I think on, um, on Wednesday we'll, we'll take a break and we'll, we'll start our band to build a breakdown and bring them back Thursday ready to go. That'll be, uh, be a good time. So Thursday when you're looking at having scout teams yes. set up and, yes. and narrowing down your quarterback battle? Yes. Well, who are your quarterbacks now? You know, it'll be Shager, uh, Yellen, um, Cam, and, uh, and, uh, and Jake. So you keep all four for, like, even on the road and everything? Huh? Are you going to even travel with four this year? I think so, yes. Yes, I think four will be equipped and uh, pretty sure four. How happy were you with the energy? It seemed like that kind of built there toward the end. Yeah, you know, uh, if, you know giving those guys off a little bit uh, the last two, you know, the last day, giving them yesterday off and ending the day early on uh, on Thursday probably helped, you know, to get their legs back, get their bodies back, uh, and then uh, and, and we'll have another off day here uh, tomorrow as we just watch the film and, and not practice. So we're trying to get their legs back underneath them. You know, they're all banged up, bruised up. This game's tough on, on the body, but uh, these guys are they're tough boys, and, uh, and uh, I appreciate them for that. From a physical conditioning standpoint, did the start at 4.30 help you guys prepare for Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, just understanding what, 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 what's going on around the stadium at 4.30 is going to help us and, um, and help these guys and how they prepare for the game um, You know, at 3 o'clock. And, and before the game and, and then during the game and things that are going to happen. So um, it was good to get out here during that time. 
Um, between the four names you mentioned at quarterback, um, where's it at for you guys and the staff in terms of you know, deciding who goes out there? Yeah, we're still um, discussing that. I think I think uh, you know you, you got four good ones um, that, that have done well in camp, but um, you know we'll, we'll continue to discuss that and get the guys reps as as needed. That was uh, Timmy Chang on Saturday. Uh, it was a little windy. It was a little rainy. That's probably why some of his answers kind of got drowned out a little bit uh, recording off a of video. Uh, Keegan was, was giving me lessons uh, during that four minutes of time about recording 101. The elements come into play, Keegan. That's, that's what happened. Um, my takeaway from watching the scrimmage was I really liked the pace early. Um, you know, it was a controlled scrimmage. You know, the first, um, that first portion of the scrimmage, and it was kind of broken up. Like, you had the scrimmage, and then it, there was some individual stuff, and then there was like a seven-on-seven seven period. And then they got back to, um, they, they got back to the scrimmage portion toward the end. I, I liked the pace initially. Um, it, it did kind of slow down toward the end and I think it became kind of a little more methodical and, and a little more thought out. Um, you know, I, I think of that last portion and, and Timmy had called a quote unquote timeout just to kind of get the right play in with the offense and the defense stopped it. And, uh, and, and it was kind of intense at that point, but, um, you know, it it, it kind of it, it did kind of slow down. I, I remember talking with Arnold Martinez for a little bit. He was there. He's my uh, he's my partner on Countdown to Kickoff this year, and um, I know he would have liked to see the pace kind of continue to be, uh, you know, kind of keep that same pacing throughout. Um, I I think that's something as you get a little more comfortable. I think you'll see. But I, I'm also reminded you have different quarterbacks in there. You're you're kind of rotating around personnel um, in different. Uh, different series of uh, of that controlled scrimmage. So I, I, I give that, I, I think, a little bit of a pass. But I did like that, um, you know, the, the early pace. I still believe after um, the entirety of it, I still believe the defense is a little bit ahead on uh, on where the offense is at. There were a, a couple of possessions that either ended in, in turnovers or it got down, you know, inside the 20-yard line and, and you had a fourth down stop. Um, you know, I, I thought the defense consistently was the more together group. And maybe that shouldn't be a surprise, but that, that was my takeaway watching Saturday. I think the... Uh, the other thing I really liked toward the end, and, and I, I asked it of Timmy, you probably heard that question within that, was um, the the energy. I mean, it, it got a little, um, I don't want to say tense, but it was feeling a little bit more like game situation, game intensity, et cetera, that... Um, you know, really did kind of resonate. You had sidelines with, with, with dueling uh, Seven Nation Army chants toward the very end. Um, the defense especially, uh, when they got some of those stops late, very intense. Um, it was good to see that energy and that uh, that effort there toward the end, and, that, and that's a good sign. Um, you know, I asked Dior Scott about that. You'll hear that uh, next hour. 
when he talked a little bit about that that energy. He even he even got upset at at someone who kind of gave him a nice little uh, nice little hit there uh, toward the very end of that scrimmage. Uh, but yeah, keep those texts coming in at uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line, which is at 808-296-1420. We'll open up the phones on that too. Without hearing the Vanderbilt's not good part and the, the belief part, why do you think Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt in a week and a half? Uh, texter from the 781 says, we'll win with home field advantage. They don't have film on us too. The only thing about home field advantage, and you and you may very well have that, Vanderbilt doesn't normally play in a 9,000-seat venue with fans really right on top of you and uh, seating behind the end zones that is as close as anywhere as you will find in college football. But the only, if you had to make an argument on home field advantage, the only thing that you could say to that is, okay, that's 9,000. But they've gone to places like Bryant-Denny Stadium that are usually sold out, if not close to sold out. Bryant-Denny Stadium, seating capacity of 100,077. Uh, they go to... They, they go to Georgia, they go to Kentucky, they go to a, a number of those venues. Kentucky football uh, stadium capacity, by the way, at uh, Kroger Field, 61,000. So it's a different feel, it's a little more open as compared to 9,000 at this venue. That might take the whole uh, home field advantage equation kind of out of it, but at least you know the the feel of it is uh, a little bit different it is the sports animals chris hart and gary dickman will see you tomorrow morning uh with gerald ota the head coach of the uh, honolulu little league uh program coming up uh, tomorrow morning oh oda sorry you know i'm i'm so used to seeing keegan ota gerald ota tomorrow morning uh on the program by the way uh, coverage of the Honolulu Little League uh, Wednesday will be on our sister station, CBS 1500, Hawaii's information station, as uh, Honolulu will take on Bonnie Lake, Washington in the uh, first round of the Little League World Series. It's a, a, a different-looking bracket this year, by the way. And um, we mentioned this on Friday's show when, when Honolulu got in. They added two new teams or, or two regions to, uh, to each side, both the U.S. side and the international side. So Hawaii, ultimately, Hawaii ends up playing in, in what you would call the, uh, the, the playing game. It's not called the playing game. It's not considered that. Um, but it's kind of like that because a win would get you into that, uh, that bracketed field. It's it's a weird it's a weird way that that was put together, uh, but it gets more games. Um, you lose that, you get into the loser bracket, you know, as as normal uh, as as the bracket would allow. Uh, but if Hawaii were to go undefeated, get to the championship, that would be a total of six games that Hawaii would end up playing. But here's here's the kicker to that. The kicker is if you were to lose 
and drop down to the loser's bracket in a week and a half time. Uh, that'll be this Wednesday. The championship is the following Sunday. In a week and a half time, it's 12, 12 days, you'd have to play eight games. Um, and and before you question that, I got told that from the folks in Williamsport. To go from, uh, the, you'd have to go from down to the loser's bracket, it would be eight games. And that is a haul uh, to go through eight games. When you think about pitching, uh, that can be very, very tough. And they're, and they're strict with pitching. So uh, winning is imperative, especially early in the double elimination format. And uh, we'll see how Honolulu League does. Again, 1245 Wednesday on our sister station, CBS 1500. Honolulu League taking on Bonnie Lake, Washington. Uh, and we'll let you know when the uh, or when and where uh, that second game will be, either on CBS 1500 or right here on ESPN. Honolulu will keep you posted on that. But uh, we're excited to see Hawaii back in the field for another year where it seems like uh, I know California has been a mainstay in uh, in the Little League World Series. It feels like, but you know what? Um, Hawaii has become kind of a mainstay here recently, and it's been uh, it's been really really good to see. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. We'll get back to that coming up in just a little bit, but uh, uh, baseball on the professional level has been a big topic of conversation. And the two teams that you would have probably said favorites to go to the World Series, well, I don't know how good you feel about that now. Uh, The news with the Dodgers today with Walker Buehler being out for the year is significant. Um, It's significant because the Dodgers already with starting pitching – uh, you know, losing Clayton Kershaw uh, as they did previously has been has been hard. They're hoping to get him back. He's dealing with back issues, but you know what? Clayton Kershaw will never be the same, and he is. Uh, it, it's it's hard to predict what he will be like, but at this point, you kind of have no choice. Um, Dustin May is coming back. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery, uh, but he's expected to come back on uh, on Saturday. And let's not forget the honestly the ace of that pitching staff, um, not Kershaw, uh, but the ace of that pitching staff has been Tony Gonsolin. And uh, Gonsolin with his 14 wins has been really really good. But Gonsolin, 14 game winner, Rias, 12 game winner, Tyler Anderson is 13 and two. But you need the fourth starter. That's the thing. Um, in in order to make it deep in the postseason, having a fourth starter is important. And they released the postseason schedule uh, earlier today, and the postseason schedule is going to look a little bit different because there are less off days. And uh, that is significant. The, the postseason would end if the World Series goes seven games. It would end on uh, November 5th, which might be, um, you know, one of the latest end dates. But you don't have as many uh, built-in off days 
in the postseason. So um, a fourth starter is even more important. And the Dodgers, good. You've got three right now. Kershaw out. I mean, he was with, he was seven and three. Uh, but Kershaw's not going to be that same pitcher, I think, if he does come back for the postseason. And, and, uh, and that, that you don't you don't uh, you used to have in the month of August. You used to have the waiver wire deals, but that's done. You don't have that anymore. So unless you've got someone great you can call up and could be that kind of ace in the hole going into September and beyond, and, I, and rosters will increase in, in September, uh, that's a development. That's an important development uh, to, to, to lose Walker Bueller, uh, you know, for the remainder of the year. And then, you know, the other team you kind of worry about, we, we mentioned the Dodgers. Well, we have to mention the New York Yankees who have since the all-star break, uh, you know, and, and granted they've been without, uh, Giancarlo Stanton. He's been hurt. They pretty much made all the right moves at the trade deadline. They, they weren't quiet. They got a starting pitcher. They got themselves a bat. You know, they they did pretty much all the right things. But they're not winning. And, and this is also considering Aaron Judge is is mashing it. Um, you know, he is AL MVP probably, and I don't think anybody else is going to take that away from him. Uh, but look at what they've done since uh, since the All-Star break. They lost two of three to the Boston Red Sox uh, over the weekend. You know, they they came back, uh, lost the doubleheader to Houston. They got swept by the New York Mets, lost two of three against Seattle, swept by St. Louis, uh, lost two of three in Seattle. They have won, what, two series since the All-Star break, and it's been almost a month. The Baltimore series on the road, in Baltimore, by the way, um, you might have your manager of the year candidate in Baltimore, and then the Kansas City series in which they took three of four. They have been, well, quiet, and and part of that is, as good as Aaron Judge is, offensively, this team can't hit. Um they played a game which took two hours and 15 minutes against the Boston Red Sox. That has to be a record. And in that series, they scored all of five runs in three games. In that series against Seattle, in their two losses, they scored a grand total of three runs. Um, this is not the Yankee team that you would have expected that you would see in the month of August. They have a grand total of three wins. They're three and nine in the month of August, and they are close to making it three and ten because uh, they are losing to the Tampa Bay Rays one to nothing in the bottom of the eighth inning. That game is on our sister station, CBS fifteen hundred. Uh, the tying run is at the plate, however, they're in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, but they're no longer. They had the best record in uh, in Major League Baseball. They were dominating in the first half. 60-plus wins. They no longer have the best record in baseball. Um, the best record actually belongs now to the uh, to the Houston Astros. Uh, well, in the American League, I should say. The best record by winning percentage, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 79-34. and 34. And then you got the Mets, and then you got the Astros. By winning percentage... 
the New York Yankees have the fourth best record in Major League Baseball. And that is a disappointment because of what they have struggled to do since, again, three and nine in the month of August and losers of eight of their last ten. Uh, it's amazing how things can change post-All-Star break. But remember, um, I don't remember if I was on this show or if I was filling in on, on the Bobby Kern show when I said it, uh, but I said the toughest part is not managing up to the all-star break. The The trade deadline was significant, and honestly, they passed. Um, but it's not about having the best record going into the postseason because the bye, cool, uh, but it really is going to be about playing the best baseball going into the postseason, and they aren't. You know, now the the worry has to be, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to have one of the top two seeds that get a bye, uh, you know, past the wild card weekend, or are they going to, um, you know, struggle so far as to have to play in that best of three wild card? Uh, it's not. I, I know they're they're what ten games up, I think, on the Cleveland Guardians of the month and a half left. But the way they're playing, uh, the Guardians have won eight of their last ten. Uh, I have no reason to believe that the New York Yankees are solidified uh, to be at least the two seed. And I should also argue the number one right now would be Houston. And Houston has had the Yankees number. So take whatever New York has done against everybody else. And if you get to that point where those two teams are meeting in the American League Championship Series, you just throw it all away. Uh, That's what's going to make Major League Baseball's uh, postseason fun. Uh, here as we go down the stretch. But it's it's going to be a long postseason. You're going to have a best of three as they announced the, uh, the the postseason schedule today. You're going to have a best of three with no off days. And then you're going to have your, your best of five wild card, your best of seven division series. And they're playing on Thursdays this year. They're not not. Oh, no, they're they're uh, they're not playing on Sundays this year. Uh, they decided to not go up against Sunday night football. So uh, they're they're taking a little bit of a detour in the schedule, especially in the World Series. But um, I could see a scenario where the Dodgers and Yankees, who I thought would have gotten there, aren't there when we get to late October and early November. Uh, our baseball coverage coming up this weekend, we'll have the Yankees in Toronto Saturday and Sunday uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll also bring you the Giants and Rockies Saturday afternoon and the uh, Little League Classic from Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Uh, Red Sox and Orioles, uh, that's at noon on Sunday right here on ESPN Honolulu. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. A Sports Center update from the soon-to-be-departing Keegan Ota. I was was hoping that we spilled the beans in the afternoon show. Uh, Kanoa decided he was going to do it today at noon. Uh, uh, That will be our, our final thought today. Uh, on the uh, the the career, it's not over, uh, of Keegan Ota. That's going to be our our final thought in our final segment today. But he's got Sports Center coming up at the top of the hour. Our uh, text line, actually no, this is our Twitter. Uh, this is from Devin. Are the Yankees turning into the 2019 Yankees in terms of injuries? Um, I I don't know that I'd go that far. I, be, I feel like the 2019 Yankees were, were so much worse in that regard. The injuries are there. Uh, don't get me wrong. And uh, I, I think it's been 
pretty well documented that this team is deep. Um, you know, there have been, I, I think, some uh, some important signings. The the Isaiah Kiner Falefa uh, signing has has turned out to be, I, I think, really really good. Uh, and, and congratulations to him. His first home run as a Yankee coming on Saturday at Fenway Park. But I don't know that I would blame injuries for why this Yankee team is all of a sudden just kind of hit the quote-unquote wall uh, here in the month of August. I I think it's just simply performance. And, uh, yeah, that's that's always troubling, of course. But I don't, I don't think it's injuries. I think we have to not really find ways to make excuses for this team. But uh, appreciate the uh, the tweet, Devin. You can uh, keep your tweets and texts coming in. Tweet us at Josh on the radio, at Sports Animals on the good old Twitter. Uh, you can text the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. That's where we're asking you over the course of the show. We're 12 days away from Hawaii and Vanderbilt. Why will Hawaii beat, uh, beat Vanderbilt? In, uh, in in your opinion, even though Vanderbilt, I know, is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. To you, why will Hawaii beat Vanderbilt? Uh, we're, we're taking your uh, your reasoning at uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll open the phone lines to that, too. Uh, you'll hear my quick conversation with Dior Scott after a Saturday scrimmage. Uh, you'll hear that coming up in a little bit. Uh, that was my first time actually meeting Dior. He's fun. Dior is fun and, uh, you know, a, a little intense. And I and I think uh, he had good reason to. Coming up a little bit later on this hour, uh, in fact, it's about 20 minutes, my, uh, my quick conversation with Dior Scott after uh, scrimmage and practice on Saturday. Uh, one of probably the more uh, the more entertaining uh, University of Hawaii football players on this team. I also um, my age, and I and I normally don't don't think I've aged, which is pretty sad. But there is uh, one of those social media things that the University of Hawaii did. I don't know if you've you've noticed on social media they a lot of people are doing this thing where. They plant a camera, and they have a question for uh, you know for for the student athlete. It's not just football; it's other sports. And uh, they answer this question. You kind of find out what the question is when you when you look at the description on the social media. And there was one the 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 question that they had for the players walking off. I will admit, I did not know what it meant, and I had to ask. And granted, I'm the youngest host on our staff, you would think I'd be a little bit closer to knowing what some of the lingo is. I didn't. And uh, I'm a little disappointed. That's coming up uh, a little bit later on. Uh, Frank is calling in at 808-296-1420. If I'm reading this description, Frank, were you at football practice on Saturday or no? No, I was helping my cousin campaign for the for to be a governor oh. of the whole state. How did that his go? Name is Duke. Okay, his name is Duke. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it it went pretty yeah. well. Anyway, uh, yeah. what's up? 
um, what can you tell me about the football practice this Saturday coming up? You have like a football playoff? Are you talking about this coming Saturday or last Saturday? This Saturday coming. Um, I haven't heard exactly the plan for Saturday. I, my assumption would be they might have another controlled scrimmage, but I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen that uh, exactly scripted out yet, so I. I don't think I could really tell you. But I know they're starting really the Vanderbilt prep a little bit later on this week uh, in full. I think they you said Thursday. You know what time it will be at? I don't know yet. I, I, I don't know. And, and Frank, thanks for calling. I, I appreciate you listening. And I'm, I'm a little hesitant on time, too, because there was, there was a little mix-up on time on Saturday because they initially said that the scrimmage was going to be at – it kind of moved up because usually the practices were after, I think, 5.30, and um, they got – moved back some of the times changed during the week too and so if i recall correctly the practice got moved up and we were told um you know, scrimmage is going to be at 4 30 on saturday to simulate game situation with kickoff of the vanderbilt game being at 4 30 and then uh, we got there and we're kind of there for a little bit and it wasn't really a scrimmage they had ultimately said well the scrimmage has been moved back it's going to be at 6 15 um, they ended up finding somewhere in the middle, I think, is, is where it ended up starting. And you kind of forget, um, I know there were some fans that kind of, kind of stuck through it. And to those fans that came by on, on Saturday, it stuck through a, at one point where it was really warm because you really had you, nothing but sun, although you had a few rainbows that, that made their way over, uh, you know, sitting in the stands and then it was raining for a little bit, it was off and on. It wasn't wasn't terrible, uh, but some of them stuck it out through the rain, and then it became kind of like a two-hour and forty-five-minute, three-hour practice almost because you, you added that that scrimmage in, or at least it felt like it. I I think I wasn't really timing it or anything, um, but it became kind of a long, long drawn-out practice slash scrimmage. And there were a few fans. There weren't a lot of them, but uh, you know those that were there, they kind of. They kind of hung in there, but we're we're also kind of reminded that the schedule can change. It, it definitely can change on the fly, and uh, and it and it kind of did, you know. So you know, we kind of hung in there, and I think we were rewarded with. I I, I think Timmy felt like um, we were rewarded with a, uh, with a with a fairly good scrimmage that took place on Saturday. But no, I don't know. I don't know for sure what Saturday's schedule is going to look like, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to assume as such, and then give people wrong information, and then they get mad at me because they showed up and it was completely different. So, um, when we get more info, I'll we'll pass that along. But uh, do remember, individual game tickets are out right now. Etickethawaii.com. Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center box office is where you can check some of that out as uh, get some of that as well. They're estimating about. A thousand um, thereabouts for each game, and uh, and keep in mind that season tickets, and then you um, you break down you know, a lot of the corporates and um, the student tickets that you have, and and uh, you know that that leaves very little. So tickets are a, are a pretty good commodity right now, um, and you want to make sure that you get them. 
because there is a good chance, and I, I know some people might realize, well, we're talking about 9,000 seats, but there is a fairly good chance that you might have sellouts for pretty much every game this year. I realize that in saying that, um, some people who may not uh, have have followed the way things went last year and also things at, at uh, the old iteration of Aloha Stadium, they might say, well, wouldn't it be disappointing if it wasn't a sellout? You know, why are you making a big deal of it that it might be a sellout because it's 9,000 people? To which I would respond, we remember what it was last year when things started to open up and and it wasn't full. I, I think I recall that first game that things kind of opened up again. Uh, we'll get to the phones in a second at 808-296-1420. Um, when things kind of opened up again and... I think it was what five thousand, maybe thereabout, and you know you understand that there is there is still hesitancy of of being out in public a year ago and and being in a in a crowded area. There's still hesitancy about that. You um, you, you had Lumi site and you had some of the, some of those protocols that that came into play. So. I, I I think it sounds like a lot of that hesitancy is is uh, is gone for the most part. Uh, by the way, our phone lines will get to you. I see you calling at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. But um, you know it 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 underscores why the conversation is a little bit different last year as compared to now. But why we still kind of say it. You know, you kind of emphasize the ability or the or the want to um you know to to get that sellout because again it was um it was a different atmosphere last year and and again very understandable which is why I, I, again um you make that note of why we bring up individual ticket sales and we talk about the season ticket sales and 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 so on and so forth but i think what has also helped Let's be honest. I think in the conversation, what is what has also helped is a. It is not, or at least it does not feel like. At at least I notice, um, a negative atmosphere anymore. I mean, thank goodness. The atmosphere around this program is night and day. And last year, I think while there was. You know the, the you know you know there there was there was the feeling of okay great it's 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 great to have the ability to go to games, and while we mentioned the vaccine stuff and and Lumi site and and hesitancy of being around people, um, you know I, I I think there was also the other end which was the program didn't under under previous leadership. COVID-19 and I think other reasons didn't endear itself to the general public as well as I think this program has made the attempt to do so. Again, COVID had a part in it. It wasn't all of it. 
but this program has taken uh, a, a, a very different approach in how it has attacked the community angle. The the spring game definitely helped. The the Island Day spring game. The uh, you know the want to take some of that and 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 turn it into uh, stuff you can have every home game. I think has been good. And it's just it overall is a much more positive experience, or at least a positive. Well, we don't know the experience yet, but it's been a more positive environment and vibe, which is half the battle when you want to make sure you don't find yourself in a situation where you're not selling out a 9,000-seat venue. So it's a great start, and those that have bought tickets, those that have bought season tickets, those that have done all that work, um, that's been really good. And I think it has shown that the appetite to see this team, the appetite to see uh, this coaching staff and these players succeed is is there, and I, I think it has set a very good starting point for how this can build and, um, and and continue to grow, kind of the environment around the program. So it's been uh, it's been kind of nice. Our uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. You can uh, text us there. You can call us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. And uh, you can tweet us at Sports Animals. You can get to me directly at Josh on the radio. Uh, Saturday after practice, uh, we got an opportunity to talk to uh, to Dior Scott. And, you know, Dior is, I think, one of the more uh, well-known names, not just from his, his time before University of Hawaii football, but frankly, uh Dior Scott's just a, a great personality. Frankly, that was the uh, first time I got to meet Dior was on uh, was on Saturday, and after what was kind of a a, a very intense practice, uh, Dior was uh, was was really good to talk to, and uh, I think we have that Dior audio. We do uh, Dior Scott after that scrimmage after that practice uh this was dior talking to me after uh, the way that that practice went take a listen talk to me about what you're uh, what you took away from today's scrimmage i mean you're we're a couple weeks away how, how good are you feeling before the start of the year yeah, i feel really good uh, i feel really good um once again we got a lot of stuff to really tweak uh not a lot of stuff we got some stuff to really tweak but i feel like we're we're almost there i feel like my game has elevated so much uh coming in from the time I just started, from the time I started was like 2020. So now I, I feel more confident. I feel like I'm ready to just keep on playing. Um, we're all just ready. Uh, we've been straining a lot. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, we've been straining a lot. Uh, we've been working a lot. So we're just really ready. Um, we're ready. I feel like the offense is defense. We're ready. Like was, like I said, a few minor tweaks we got to do. But I feel like August 27, we're ready to really just go live with another, uh, with another team. And then we can't wait. Kind of, wa- uh, kind of watching you during that scrimmage. Uh, it, it seemed like, regardless of who was getting you the football, you you felt pretty comfortable wherever it was. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, once again, summer strength. So, strength with the chemistry with all the quarterbacks, not just uh, Brady, Joey, Cam, Jake. All the quarterbacks are trying to get chemistry with them because you don't know who's going to be uh, 
number one quarterback. And what in case uh, the number one quarterback get hurt. So just, I'm just trying to go to all the quarterbacks, trying to get the picture with everybody so they can throw the ball if they're comfortable with me, I can feel comfortable with them. Toward the end of that, I know you, you took a little bit of a hit there at the end. Uh, <laughs> hey, it, it seemed like the, the intensity was getting a little bit closer to what, what game day would be like, yeah. right? Yeah, the intensity's there. Uh, once again, the defense is really ready to hit somebody else. They're really ready to hit. It, it was funny, it was thud mode, so I was kind of mad that someone came in my face. But it is thud mode, but the defense is really ready. <laughs> the defense is really ready to uh, hit somebody else, and we really ready to uh, hit somebody else too. So uh, there's a lot of intensity, there's a lot of built-up energy and stuff like that. So all defense seven, we're going to be ready. We're not going to come out flat. Uh, man, I, I don't know what to say. We're just, we're just so excited and so pumped right now. Yeah, DR took a, I don't remember who it was, but he took a hit. It was, I don't think it was the two-point play. I think it might have been a couple of plays before uh, one of those goal line situations. This is toward the end of the scrimmage. And he took a hit as he was going down to the ground uh, where he got hit. It was the side of uh, side of the helmet. And he was not happy. And I don't, I don't blame him. It wasn't, um, you know, wasn't on purpose. It was, you know, defensive player trying to make a play, and he was going down as as Scott was going down to the ground and um, got a little bit of a hit on the side of the helmet. And and yeah, naturally, it's it's the scrimmage. It's not practice. So yeah, naturally, uh, Dior is going to be a little upset. And it, you know, nothing ended up happening from it. It it blew over. There were some words, but. Um, nothing any more than that. And they got back to the scrimmage and, and the, the intensity was still ratcheted up. And, um, you know, it, it was a good close, I thought, to uh, to the way that controlled scrimmage went. But I was I was impressed with him, like I said in, in the interview to him, that as as I was watching, regardless of of uh, of who was taking snaps, it it looked like he was really comfortable it looked like he was, at times, the the most impressive player on the field. Uh, you know, even on a on a on a field where the defense was the standout for me in watching that scrimmage, uh, the, the the defense was the the better unit uh, consistently. But but Dior was good to watch, and uh, you know I, I I can't wait to see what this season brings for him. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line is where we've been asking the question throughout the show. Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt. Why? Now I realize Vanderbilt's a six and a half point favorite, but for all those people that believe that Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt, um, I want the answer to that. Why will that happen? And I gave one caveat to that, and my caveat is, and an, an answer that is not acceptable is that Vanderbilt sucks. Uh, just because they're the worst team in the SEC does not mean they are a pushover here, which is, again, why they are a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, coming to Hawaii to play that Week Zero game. Uh, but why do you think Hawaii will win? Did see someone earlier say they thought uh, home field advantage for Hawaii would be the reason why Hawaii would win? Um, I think close proximity for fans could be that, but I also remind people Vanderbilt's gone to Bryant Denny stadium. There are a hundred thousand people who, uh, uh, occupy Bryant Denny stadium. They've played at Kroger field where Kentucky is, and there are about 60,000 people who occupy 
that venue. So home field advantage, to me, maybe not as big of a deal, but I understand why why it would come out that way for some. Um, the film part, I think it, it works both ways, but I think that is a little bit of an advantage for Hawaii. As someone said earlier, not as uh, not as much film on this current iteration because there have been so many transfers who have transferred out new staff um, that even when you see familiar faces like a uh, uh, Braden Shager, for example, it's not necessarily like you are watching the same Braden Shager from a year ago. So I, I, I think that does make a little bit of a difference as well. But you can send us yours uh, via our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. You can call into us at 808-296-1420 as well. Let's get Dallas in here on the topic. Hi, Dallas. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I yeah. think uh, Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt because six-and-a-half-point favorite is uh, you know something that's definitely overcomable, and I think that that will be overcome by the sheer excitement that I've felt for the first time in, I mean, a long time about Hawaii football. I think a lot of that has to do with Coach Timmy Chang and – the way that he's built the culture and the way he's built the excitement about it. I think the boys on the field know that Hawaii got their back. Not that we didn't have it before, but I think that they feel it, especially because of just the excitement around having Timmy here. And I think that that excitement and the, the adrenaline they'll have that day will easily help them overcome that uh, six-and-a-half-point deficit. All right. Dallas, thank you for the call. Uh, appreciate you listening in. You can uh, share your uh, reasons for why Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt. Sports Center update momentarily. I'm Josh Pacheco. Chris and Gary will see you tomorrow morning. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM uh, via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Why will UH beat Vanderbilt in a week and a half? Texter from the 224. You don't need a reason. We just believe. Um, you'd need a reason. <laughs> it's good to believe. Uh, channeling Keegan Ota earlier uh, saying he believes, but you kind of need a reason as to why you're going to beat somebody, why you're going to be better uh, than Vanderbilt will be in about, uh, what, 12 days' time. Texter from the 258, however, wants to talk about Nick Rolovich. Mentions here, Rolovich, $25 million lawsuit. Three years left in contract, $3.2 million per year. What is $16 million for NIL? Lost coaching opportunity, pushing photographer, two cents. It's uh, kind of what it sounds like this individual saying. Um, I don't know what you're trying to say here. Um, I just see a lot of things here just kind of stacked right next to each other. I don't. I don't know what you're trying to say. If you don't think he should get the $25 million with the three years left, I don't know if you're trying to do math. Uh, but two things will happen, or two not two things will happen. One of two things will happen. Either one, Washington State believes its case is strong and they'll let it play out. I believe Washington State, if it wants to, will, um, will, will win its case uh, against Nick Rolovich, or Nick will, will win the case and they'll get thrown out. Um, Nick Rolovich is uh, you know, filing that suit 
claiming wrongful termination and he wants $25 million. Uh, the other thing that could happen, and I had this conversation with someone, I don't remember what day it was, but they they made a very good point, is that sometimes you just want to get over something. Uh, you want to get rid of it. You don't want to deal with it anymore. And it may not be out of the realm of possibility that Washington State says, you know what, we'll we'll settle. And maybe not for $25 million, because I do believe $25 million isn't a, a obscenely high number for it. But maybe if you just if you just want this out of the way, that yeah, uh maybe you decide you'll settle the case, you move on, and uh you know, just get it out of the news. Because it's been nearly a year, and the fact that this is back out there when, as a as a team, you've tried to move on um, with your current staff and and the players and the coaches that you believe in, you know these things can drag out for uh, for a while. That maybe you just want to move on. If it were me personally. I'd let it play out because I don't see a lot of public sympathy for Nick Rolovich. And uh, I, I think once you get to football season, I I don't think this is actually going to be much of something because people will be focused on football. Nick Rolovich is not saying anything publicly. He's not going on his Twitter. If he is liking things, which I heard he was during the Apple Cup, he's, he's, he's liking and then unliking. Um, this shouldn't hang around. Our Washington State, I would, uh, I, I would just uh, decide to, you know, let it roll, and feel like you don't have to pay a dime unless there is a case that they feel is convincing enough for them to lose. Then, you know, the the only thing I could think of is there might be conversations that if you could subpoena, you know, oh, not subpoena, but if you can get open records requests. Because you can. Washington State's a public university. The, the one thing I could think of is, because they're a public university, I think you can get email correspondence. And um, if you can legally ask for that, your hope is that you find some email correspondence in there that indicates that before he tried to file the appeal – in order to uh, you know keep his job the or the uh, the exemption to keep his job for for religious reasons, that your argument is they were going to get rid of you regardless, that they felt like you couldn't do the job given the circumstances, and that it was not open-minded before the um, the ask for the exemption, which is the right of the individual to ask for said exemption. And that is my only thought. If you feel like there is anything incriminating in your emails, don't press send. If you feel like there's anything incriminating in your emails, then maybe you might want to settle. Other than that, I don't think Nick Rolovich has a case, and I don't think Washington State really needs to worry about it. I'm trying to understand what the vibe of this texter is. The pushing the photographer thing uh, was so many years ago. 
I don't know where NIL comes into this picture. Um, I, I really don't understand the vibe of it, but I will say those are the only two ways I believe this plays out. That's, that's the only thing that makes sense. Texter for the 277 says, I would wait it out, but make him pay for legal fees and then countersue, send message. But why would you countersue? I'm I'm no uh, I'm no legal expert. My name is not Dan Abrams. I don't know what you could countersue for. I don't know that he went out and disparaged the university. I don't see any like public comments of his. He's been the quietest, one of the quietest former football coaches on the planet. I don't think they have anything to countersue on. They got rid of him. He left. They moved on. As as long as there's nothing that would would indicate something damaging, they have nothing to countersue on. So you can't send a message, and you're wasting your legal fees, and you're wasting the time of your counsel to to even do that. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't know that you can make him pay for your legal fees, and I, and I don't think you can do it the other way. Um, I also think legal fees, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. People, I think, in, in the profession might know this better. If the university has counsel, maybe I'm wrong about it, but I think that if they're retained, they're probably they're they're probably somewhat affiliated with the university already, that they have counsel already on hand paid for um, to represent them in in the necessity that it is needed that it's not like they have to go and, and hire an attorney on a on a per case basis I mean it is a state institution you know everybody is looking to go after the man every now and again that I don't I don't know that that would apply either but I'm, I'm also not a legal expert. But it usually would make sense, you know, you have, you usually have counsel on hand, usually. We'll take you through the M-Dyer Global Scoreboard coming up in uh, just a few moments. You're listening to the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. Uh, also coming up in just a little while, it looks like we know the NBA's Christmas Day schedule. The NBA is going to release its uh, full schedule actually coming up on Wednesday. But as is customary, we all know this, as is customary, uh, we get the schedule leaks. You just, you, you no longer can wait until the actual schedule comes out. Reporting says you leak it out. As soon as you know, and it looks like we kind of know the five Christmas Day games uh, that will be on the slate. But there is a very good point, and I'm going to credit our good friend Jason Fitz, who, of course, is the co-host of Spain and Fitz, uh, which you can hear weekdays at 1 right here on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, we used to have him every week. And then he got busy, and then we no longer could have Jason Fitz every week, which is a you know a, a bummer, but um, he made a very good point that we'll share with you coming up in the next segment. How much of it are you actually going to watch? 
because it's such a tentpole point of the NBA year, but it is now um, incredibly crowded. And, uh, and and we'll share that coming up in just a little while. But as we mentioned, uh, right before SportsCenter, uh, Yankees lose again. Uh, they lose 4 to nothing to the Tampa Bay Rays. It was 1 to nothing as they went to the ninth inning, and then the, uh, the Yankees gave up three runs in the top of the ninth inning, and they ultimately lose. The record is still good. I mean, 41 at 16 at home. Uh, they still have a commanding lead in the uh, in the American League East. But if you are a Yankee fan, uh, this is incredibly, incredibly concerning that you're now, what, 3-10 and 10 in the month of August. Uh, they have won just two series in the last month. Uh, it is it has been kind of uh, I don't I don't know if disaster is the right word, but it has been incredibly incredibly concerning to see how this team has just gotten average at best. And I think I, I gave the stat earlier. It's not really a stat, but uh, the numbers that are important for how good this Yankee offense is. The Yankee offense in the last few games has been uh, abysmal. They've been shut out the last two games. They have scored three runs or less in the last six. So they're, they're, they're quiet. They're anemic. Here's another stat coming from ESPN Stats and Information. Yankees have lost each of the last five games in which their starter recorded a quality start. So pitching's not the problem. It's offense. Now, the last this is the first time that has happened to the Yankees since 1995 uh, when they went from late May to early June with five consecutive quality starts that have led to losses. Um, if they lose tomorrow, it's six. And the last time they have had a six-game losing streak with quality starts, you have to go back to 1979, which is from uh, April 25th to May 2nd. So pitching's not the problem. And I said this earlier. Uh, the Yankees did what they were supposed to do. They got pitching. Now, Frankie Montas hasn't necessarily lit it up. Um, but they got pitching. They got starting pitching, which they had previously. That was never the problem. And frankly, hitting wasn't supposed to be a problem, but they they needed an extra bat, and they got one, uh, which was timed with, with Giancarlo Stanton getting hurt, and, and, and he's on the IL. But that's not supposed to happen. The offensive well, lack of output uh, was supposed to be probably the last thing you worried about. I, I remember... We had this conversation, what, in June? Um, and I, I remember saying the big question mark was actually pitching. It was it was bullpen. And it wasn't starting pitching. It was the bullpen. And the bullpen, uh, today they give them three runs in the ninth inning, but the bullpen wasn't that much of a problem. They can't hit. And it doesn't matter how little of runs you give up. If you can't hit, you can't drive in anything. It really, really doesn't matter. 
Got a Sports Center update with uh, Keegan Ota coming up here at the top of the hour, about eight and a half minutes away. You're listening to the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. Thanks so much for taking us along. As we mentioned, uh, it looks like the Christmas Day schedule in the NBA is now becoming uh, pretty clear. It will be announced on Wednesday uh, by the NBA. Christmas Day schedule looks like this. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Knicks, Suns, Nuggets, Lakers, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Warriors. That's according to Shams Tramia from uh, from the Athletic. But usually, um, you know, Christmas Day is here locally. Christmas Day is kind of um, you know different for us because we have the Hawaiian Airlines Diamondhead Classic. So you've got a, a, a Hawaii basketball game on it at some point. Um, but Christmas Day is uh, a little bit different. It's on a Sunday, I believe, this year. So that, for starters, changes the game. And, it, yeah, it is a Sunday because the NFL is shifting its normal slate of games to uh, to Saturday. Secondly, they're putting a triple header of NFL games on that Sunday. So your Sunday viewing on Christmas Day is five NBA games, Three NFL games. I'm sure hockey's going to put something together, but I'm just going to leave them out for the purpose of, well, our, our audience just is not into hockey. A few of you are. In general, our audience isn't. Uh, and then you've got the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, uh, which is pretty much the only college basketball to be played on, on Christmas Day. The NBA has to come out with a home run to... Uh, entice people to not watch the NFL, which is hard to do because really nobody can hit a home run. But the NBA has always owned Christmas Day. And I and I look at this slate and I see like a, a, a great effort. You know, I, I appreciate the effort that the uh, scheduling people put together here. Um, Lakers, Mavs, I'm sorry, but LeBron versus Luka or AD versus Luka doesn't really drive the train for me on Christmas Day. Um, it's it's not to say that it may not be worth like a, a watch, I think, at halftime or something, but um, I'm not taking myself away from the normal... I'm not taking myself away from the NFL for that. No. Um it's LeBron does not have the same uh, viewing power or viewing steel that I think he he used to have. And Luca's fun, but you know, uh, I take Luca in in bites. I don't know what time that's going to be, but you're going to ask me to choose LeBron versus Luca against let's see, Tua versus Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson against a former NFC West foe in the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, and Tom Brady against Kyler Murray. And I'm just listening to the quarterbacks. It is very likely that of those six teams, five, four to five of those teams may have plus 500 records I'd also venture to believe that it's possible by that point in time, I'd say um, 
the Bucks might have clinched a playoff spot. The Packers might have clinched a playoff spot at that point. Um, you know, and the rest of the teams, the Dolphins will probably at the very least be in the wild card hunt. And, uh, you know, the Rams may have the division. Cardinals are going to be fighting for that. That all six of those teams, unless there is something um, shocking, all six of those teams should be in the playoff hunt. And that's going to go up against the five games that I just referenced to you. Lucas to finesse. LeBron's getting old. Grizzlies and Warriors, that was a great, great rivalry in the postseason. There was some smack talk going on social media. That was cool. But it's not a postseason series. It's Christmas Day. Suns and Nuggets, uh, kind of the wild card game out of that. Sixers and Knicks, uh, you know, there's there's some fun there. You, you have to get your major market. And then, you know, the, the Celtics and Bucks, probably the most interesting game. But uh, you've got NFL games starting at 8 a.m. Hawaii time, going all the way until, what, 6.30 at night. For the first time in a while, I might watch zero NBA on Christmas Day against that stacked NFL lineup, good luck. Hope your uh, Monday commute's going well. Got another look at traffic in about 15 minutes. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline uh you heard some audio over the weekend from uh timmy chang and dior scott through the wind and the rain of manoa kind of the manoa mist kind of not the manoa mist we had to work through that through the video uh if you missed any of it i think we got the dior scott video uh it's on our espn honolulu youtube page uh so you can check out all a uh, minute 50 something of that uh, over at ESPNHonolulu.com. Don't know if uh, Timmy's stuff is going to be up if it's not there yet, uh, but you can check out some of the stuff we've put together. Uh, again, they're on the website, and we have um, we've put up on our social media. Or not actually, it's not on our social media. We've we've asked you during the show on our uh, text line, our Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Hawaii will beat Vanderbilt next week Saturday. Why? Uh, I know Vanderbilt's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, but I'm looking really more so for substance. I've I've already disqualified the Vanderbilt's not good answer uh, because I don't think that applies here. Heads the six-and-a-half-point favorite, according to the folks in Lost Wages. And I am sorry to say for some of you, I'm disqualifying the because-we-believe answer. Because I figure it's a given. You're a fan. You believe. You're behind the team. I would expect you hear that every game. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a little more substance in that. Uh, so keep those coming. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. Some of you have called in at, uh, at 808-296-1420 as well. One of the stories last week uh, that caught some attention and is still uh, catching some attention was the suspension of Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. 
80 games because um, he was found to have a steroid in his system that he claimed in his statement after the fact that he had taken to uh, rid himself of ringworm, to which we would learn. Now, I've never had ringworm before. I've had animals all my life, and uh, we've had a number of dogs. We have a dog now. Um, none of the animals I have ever had in my life have had ringworm. So I guess I shouldn't really judge the whole ringworm thing, but I've I've seen doctors who have said, whatever you're taking to combat ringworm, the uh, steroid in question is not in any of the medication that you are taking to combat ringworm. And so it has led to, um, I think, a great pushback. We ultimately heard from uh, the general manager of the San Diego Padres on Friday who basically said, well, um, we've been looking for trust and it's not there. And basically called out the relationship uh, and really put the blame on maybe a, a, a strained relationship Put it on on Tatis for his um, inability, I think, to be up and up with uh, with his team. And now, of course, this. Uh, you know it's bad when now you've even got players who are uh, going public in trying to basically just say, hey, th- this dude's got to just fess up. Joe Musgrove just signed a contract extension with the Padres. Tatis is going to meet with executives and teammates later this week. And when asked about it, Musgrove said, and I quote, this is good. We deserve to hear from him and hear the truth of it from his mouth. Close quote. Not like the statement he put out there, I guess has done any good. He's basically saying, um, well, say it to us. You know, tell us the truth behind closed doors. What was uh, what was the problem? Uh, Musgrove also said, everyone has got different feelings in here on the whole situation. More than anything, we want to forget about it. We didn't get any worse with him not coming back. Alarm bells on that sentence. We didn't get any worse with him not coming back. You know, it's it's one thing what a player says. Yeah, you know, we miss him. He's a he's a big part of our team, and we've missed him for the last X amount of games because he's been hurt, and him not being here for the rest of the year and a portion of next year is really, really going to hurt us. Joe Musgrove, we didn't get any worse with him not coming back. And that's when you know uh, there is honesty and frustration within that clubhouse that you are ticked off, you've been let down, and you're just not going to let it slide. They want to hear from him. Some are just kind of indifferent about it. Um, Pitcher, Mike Clevenger, and I quote, very disappointed. The second time we've been disappointed with him, alarm bells. I guess being the injury, I don't know. But the second time you've been disappointed and you're calling it out in front of the media, Clevenger also said, you hope he grows up and learns from this 
and learns it's about more than just him, close quote. Big problem here is this is an incredibly, incredibly talented individual, and I don't think anybody can um, – I don't think anybody can doubt that. Problem here, you've got him locked up for a long, long time because they gave him a 14-year, $340 million contract. If there is any sport that has abused the notion of contracts that are meant to lock players up and to keep them at a franchise for a long time, if there's anybody who has abused that, Major League Baseball is that sport. Not the NBA when you can make 40-some-odd million dollars a year. Not that. Those are um, usually the shorter contracts because players are moving around all the time. But these are teams putting double-digit years together. And it's not going to change because some of these teams with the the amount of money that you're going to spend – um, you know, you you want to, to plan long term because oftentimes you're giving up a lot. If you're if you're getting somebody in a trade first off and then signing them to a long term deal, you've given up a lot probably to do so. You've uh, gotten rid of some of the people in your farm system and you're stunting your growth in order to uh, bring in somebody that can be a star for you. So, you know. When you do that, your planning is now to start over, kind of, kind of start over, not completely, but you've got to retool the minor league system, and you've got to put pieces like a puzzle around those stars. And and the thing is, they did it. You know, this franchise did everything they were supposed to. They stacked up the farm system. They had uh, good enough pieces to be able to make two trades that could get two quality names in the back end of your bullpen and in your batting order. They did all of that. Then the aforementioned names I've talked about and others, well, um, you put those puzzle pieces around. So maybe Tatis wasn't your, you know, the I mean, was one of the guys you build around, but he was one of those pieces you're putting, you know, other pieces next to. And you did that. The kind of things the Padres front office did would get you general manager of the year, front office of the year, would get you all those things because you did the things to get you to a point where you could be a World Series winner and you could be competitive at the top level for years, uh, uh, in a, in a, for years ahead, something this franchise hasn't really been. And then you're let down because the guy that you spend 14 years, $340 million on is a selfish kid. That stings. And then you're forced, because of all of that, because good luck trading him, because of all of that now, 
uh, you know, you're not cutting him either. You're stuck. And you've lost the trust. You basically have to grin and bear it and try to make sure that he doesn't screw it up again. There is a full no trade clause for the next six years. And after that, through 2034, through the back end of that contract, um, there are 10 teams to which the Padres cannot trade him to. Let me repeat that. For the next six years, through 2028, he cannot be traded. Can't really cut him either. It stinks. And that has a uh, that has large ramifications. Now, if he cleans it up and the pieces around him continue to produce and he produces and he doesn't find himself in a situation in which he's taking a steroid for ringworm or something that has a steroid in it for quote unquote ringworm, then hey, you can forgive, maybe not forget, move on, and believe that you can be step-to-step uh, step step with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League West, and maybe at some point the San Francisco Giants. It would be nice uh, to be competing for a title for at least the next six years because you're not trading him in the next six years. At least. But if there's a breach of trust again, then it is... Well, it's going to be a major, major problem. You get, when you're a franchise like the Padres, and it is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu and 92.7 FM and 1420 AM, um, when you are the Padres, you get very few chances. And credit to them, you know, they've, they've spent a lot more um, they have acted like a competitor. They have acted like a contender. Um, they've been good with that, and I think you you have to appreciate it. But teams like that that aren't often in this situation, you get one shot, maybe two shots, maybe. And the Padres have basically taken, well, two shots, uh, maybe three. Bader, well, maybe four. Bader, Tatis, Machado, Soto. About about there. They've they've had they've had more than their one to two shots over the course of what three years, um, and they've been bit. It it hasn't completely worked. There aren't many shots. In fact, I'd probably argue with all the money spent, there are probably. No shots left. And that is the problematic part. You've got to win with this. No matter how you feel about Tatis, no matter how selfish you believe he has been, you are stuck. And if you can't win with this, then in about six years, maybe sooner, you're finding yourself back down, maybe not the beginning, um, 
but back farther down trying to rebuild and reload and get young again. And that's never a good sign. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. We invite you to text the program. Want to remind you, the uh, Honolulu Little League team at the Little League World Series gets underway on Wednesday. They'll take on Bonnie Lake, Washington. That is the uh, team from the Northwest region. And that's one of the first few games there in Williamsport. You'll hear it on our sister station, CBS 1500. Coverage begins at 1245 on Wednesday. Uh, If they win or if they lose, we'll have uh, their second game. I think it's either Friday or Saturday. And we'll have that covered for you as well. Stay tuned to uh, station and time and all of that stuff. I think it's if they lose, it's on Saturday. It would be at 9 a.m. or 930 if they win, it would be on Friday. It would be at um, a 1 p.m. on Fridays. That same, that 1 o'clock, 12.45 pre. But uh, we've got that for you. It is uh, Honolulu Little League at the Little League World Series. And that is coming up on Wednesday at 12.45. Our coverage is presented by Sports Dan Sporting Goods. Uh, their coach, uh, Gerald Oda, is going to be on with Chris and Gary tomorrow morning. Make sure you check that out. We've got a Sports Center update. The last Sports Center update with Keegan Ota. Oh man, the feels are already here. That's uh, that's coming up in about uh, ten minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Keegan, I'm your your challenge is for your last forty five second Sports Center. Your best Sports Center update you have ever done. That is your challenge. I know you can do it. As they always say, save the best for last. It is absolute cliche, uh, but you know what to do. That's coming up in just a little while. Uh, Our Zephyr Insurance text line, one of the things we have asked of you today is, uh, Hawaii Hawaii will win against Vanderbilt. Why? That's, That's the question as... We are 12 games out or 12 days out. Jeff Texton. Perhaps the weather might affect Vanderbilt. Let's see. Um, weather is going to be what? Uh, high 70s, low 80s. As compared to what is um, right now a, a lot of uh, a lot of heat throughout much of the country. Nashville, not too bad. 87 degrees, a low of 67. Uh, Nashville's weather, not necessarily too different, although they're seeing a little more rain as uh, as compared to what we are. By the way, nobody is seeing rain like Las Vegas is. Have you seen some of the video in Vegas? Yeah, you did, Keegan, right? I don't recognize that Vegas. I mean, we were there, what, almost a month ago when it was up to 114, 115 degrees and it was a blow dryer in your face. And then you leave there and like a week later, you've got flooding in casinos. And I just saw a video the other day of what they were calling monsoon conditions. And 
I forget what casino it was. I, I can't remember, but you see like water running down. Uh, I think Planet Hollywood was was one of the ones that had issues. Water running down, like one of the the the, the card tables is getting soaked, and I think people still left their chips on the table too. Uh, they're well, at least the cards. I think I saw some chips on the table as well. Um, I don't recognize it, but the funny thing was, was that Saturday or Sunday? It was around that time that there was somebody I saw. Um, who's been a past guest, can't really have him anymore because he does a show elsewhere. Um, they were having a fantasy football draft at the the uh, it's it's the 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 pool. I can't remember the name of it. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's the outdoor pool where they've got a whole bunch of screens and you can watch the games. they've got you can you can literally stand in the pool. And watch games. They've got like cabanas. They've got uh, chairs and all that. And they were having a fantasy football draft. Was it the Circa Pool? I I don't I don't remember. Keegan, you know the name of it? Is that the one with the like the like the multi screen like that one? And then there's like seats in between the pool as well. Yes, that's yeah, the then one. Circa, right? It Circa's is Circa Pool. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was like having a hard time juxtaposing the image of the Circa Pool during the day. Which is just, it's its beautiful, it's probably super hot, and a bunch of people outdoors doing a fantasy football draft and watching preseason football, because there is no better place to watch preseason football than at a pool in Vegas. Notice slight sarcasm, because it's preseason football. And then at night, you've got monsoon conditions ruining the casinos. I don't, I don't recognize uh, any of that from a month ago. I don't, I don't know how weather is gonna play into that. You know, I don't know the Manoa mist if you have it is really gonna matter. Up tempo offense could. I, I my takeaway though on on up tempo offense, watching the scrimmage on Saturday. Was I, I liked the tempo. Uh, I, I liked the pace that I saw early. And that was that was kind of a key thing for me. And, and I remember standing next to Arnold Martinez. We were watching that. And, um, and, and by the way, we're going to work on something with Arnold um, every week, I think, during the season. Kind of kind of make Arnold a part of this show uh, during the week uh, to, to give us a good... Uh, Good recap of UH football. Uh, it'll help Arnold and I work well together because we'll be uh, we'll be working with each other every week. But uh, plan on that. You'll you'll hear some of that a little bit later on. Anyway, I liked the tempo initially. It was quick. It was moving. It was really 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 good. And uh, and I don't I don't know if it was by design after that, but then it kind of just it it kind of slowed down. Um, maybe it was planned again. This was a, a, a controlled scrimmage and maybe it was important that it was, it was taken back a notch to be able to, uh, you know, kind of fine tune things a little bit, but that, that was noticeable for me as I watched and, and when things started to slow down at coincidentally was, when the defense actually, I thought, was at its best during that scrimmage. 
and then as it continued, the offense did get a little bit better, and and again, um, the defense was still um, the best unit I saw. But I am going to be curious. I think early, maybe not necessarily later in the year, but I think first couple of games of the year, um, my focus early will be on offensive tempo. Is it where they want to be? Um, How quick is too quick? How quick is just right? I think those are probably some of the things that we'll, uh, we'll get to learn. But I think that's an that's an early one for me. Just seeing tempo kind of change as that scrimmage went along. How much is that going to matter? I feel like a really good coach right now. I put pressure in the last segment on Keegan Oates. I said, Keegan, this is your last Sports Center. Go out on top. Make it your best Sports Center you have ever done and ladies and gentlemen keegan ota just gave us the best sports center he has ever done in how many years now you've been doing sports center a couple of years since the pandemic when the the sports center stopped doing it right back in 2020 when it first started that's right that's right so it's been yeah it's been just about two years and change since you uh took it on for the afternoon show yeah i i'm i'm pretty proud I'm pretty proud to say that that was a the best sports center that you have done for all 45 seconds of it. You made a count. Uh, so so nice job. I said that I would make this. Uh, I would I would make this the uh, the the final thought today. But I'm I'm just gonna go with it since we're on uh, the topic. And by the way, um, Aaron Boone coming up on uh, the Yankees struggles. He spoke after the game. Um. One thing about Keegan that I'm going to miss uh, with with him moving on, and Keegan's still going to do stuff with us. By the way, it's not like we're it's not like we're saying goodbye, and then we're we're kicking him out and saying Keegan don't ever come back. It's not like that. Um, Keegan's going on to a great opportunity, and uh, uh, he's still going to help us out here and there. In fact, uh, you'll see him on Wednesday at uh, at call the coach. So. Um, make sure you uh, you tell him thank you when you see him on Wednesday, and uh, we'll see him around for University of Hawaii football. We're all kind of kind of shifting around and, and doing different things. Uh, Keegan's been with us for about four years, and part of that, Keegan was you know one of those that you know his first the, the first assignments he did was the stuff that you never heard from him, but was the stuff that he did behind the scenes. But you know the interesting thing about the pandemic, since you mentioned the pandemic. Um, and how that kind of changed a lot of things. We got sports center updates in, and, and Keegan did those. Is um, it really kind of narrowed down the people that were in here? Because a lot of people were were starting to work remotely, and for a while I was actually for a couple of months, and then and some operational things changed. And legitimately, we had three people in here every day for a good uh, about a year-ish, maybe a little bit longer than that. And Keegan and I actually were the ones that were here minimum eight hours a day. Um, you know, our, our morning guy, and I think this is before Tanner, was here just you know just in the morning and then, and then was done for the rest of the day. 
Uh, Keegan and I, in our roles, were the were really the only ones in the office that worked a full day every day on site. Didn't work, really work remotely. I mean, I did kind of rarely, but mostly was was in studio. You didn't work remotely. You were literally here every day. And you know what's what's great about that is, I well, it it, it sucked because it was the pandemic, and. You know, we didn't get the opportunity to to really see our coworkers for a long time. I mean, we had the the spring season gone. I mean, we had we had fall season with football and stuff coming back, but it wasn't the same. We saw some people. We didn't see everybody, and um, yeah, there are people that we probably have only seen maybe once or twice since 2020. I think just because it is it has been so long and um the amazing thing about it is like for us like we we started to work you know a lot closer together just because we were the only ones to rely upon each other because we were here um you know and if and if keegan needed help i was here if, if i needed help and many times i did um keegan was there and was a great support and um you know we're we're losing someone who is in the studio every day and has been one of the consummate team players that I don't think ever got the kind of credit that that he deserved for being you know a consummate team player um I genuinely uh, which is why I wanted to kind of spend a little time on it here in the last segment. Um, I genuinely uh, am gonna gonna lose a friend here because that was one of the things about the pandemic that I think ended up being good for some of us that were actually here and and every day kind of went through the grind and dealt with you know, everybody else being remote. And still, we have, most of our people are remote. I mean, we are still the two that are here more than anybody else, is that, you know, in kind of leaning on each other to get stuff done, um, you know, I, I think we've we've ended up with a pretty good friendship. And, you know, that obviously doesn't change because Keegan's leaving. And I'll still give Keegan crap every once in a while just be, just because you'll get the random text message uh, with me every once in a while just messing with you. Uh, just be see, I made you laugh. Good. I that's why I said it was to make you laugh. Uh, <laughs> but it was it, but it's the truth. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think from 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 my vantage point, one of the other really rewarding things is to see someone grow and uh keegan has literally done that in um in in his time here uh and so you know i i joked about you know keegan giving us his uh his best sports center update here uh and 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 honestly after the sports center you didn't see it i got up out of my chair and i gave him a standing o it was like a pitcher who had gone eight innings, allowed just one run at home, and watching the fans behind the dugout get up and give him a standing ovation. That was what he did. Uh, so, Keegan, uh, going to miss seeing you here every day, bud. Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of weird 
because I guess now I'm going to be the only person that's here about eight hours a day. It's going to be kind of lonely for a little while. Um, but you've been great. You've been a, a, a great addition to the team uh, since you've been here, and uh, we're going to miss you. Anything you want to say to the uh, general audience besides giving us another score update? <laughs> um, <laughs> besides the Giants winning? No. Um, it's Are they winning right now? I haven't even looked at the score. Yeah, yeah they're six, winning right six now. Six to one. See, uh, Keegan's also a Giants fan, so it, it had to work out that way uh, that they have a lead right now. Anyway, sorry. I mean, uh, but way. really, no, to um, I for those wondering, I'm not leaving Hawaii. No, um, I, no, Scott, he's not leaving Hawaii. Yeah, so, Scott so, texted. So Scott him. asking, yeah, Scott, no, I'm not leaving Hawaii. Um, no, it's been it's been fun. I mean, four years I got here to tell my side of the story. I got here as an intern uh, back in 2018. That's right. And um, I forgot so, about the intern part. That's that's how that's how that's how much you've you've moved in in four years. I forgot that you were an intern for a little while. Oh yeah, so I got here in 2018 as an intern, and shout out to um, Ken Miyasato yeah. for uh, bringing me in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so. Um, 2018 was my start as an intern and then obviously and then from there I got moved into a full-time board operator position for the talk shows where I got to work with uh, Chris and Gary uh, where I got to work with you during the noon show a lot of the times as well and then I got to work with Bobby sometimes in the morning yeah I will tell you I give credit credit a lot to Tanner because uh, that's hard to work the morning shift that you know come in at 5 30 in the morning and do the whole thing and mm-hmm. same goes out to anybody that's worth the morning show especially bobby who again i wish that the, absolutely the best for yeah but it started out in 2018 as an intern moving all the way to now and uh actually uh two weeks ago was the first time uh, august 1st i remember this date clearly in my head august 1st 2018 the first day i worked at espn honolulu as a yeah person. that's right Man, that was and that day will always mark in my mind that I worked for one of the greatest teams and one of the greatest groups that I've ever been a part of, uh, both in esports and in sports. You guys have led me to where I am now. So it's kind of surreal that I'm doing this, that I'm moving to a different direction. But like you said, I I, I'll try my I'm obviously going to try to stay try to stay on here with you guys, you know, during football, during anything you guys might need. But at the same time, it's it's kind of surreal that I am going you know, somewhere else. But no, I'm yeah. not leaving to Hawaii. No. So I could stay in Hawaii. And yeah. again, yeah. the the text message uh, thing about you giving me crap half the time, I will give it that right back. <laughs> yes, you will. will know it. Yes, you will. Um, I should mention, and uh, this isn't finalized, but uh, uh, it is in the works. This is not the last time you're going to hear Keegan Ota on the air because um, I'll just say it. Why? Why not? Um there is talks about bringing back an esports show that uh, Keegan Oates may be helming here uh, very soon. So, I yeah, I know I'm not supposed to talk about things that aren't final yet. I don't care. Uh, we're working. But you got to put up with me for another hour during during the during the night shift on on Sundays. So you know what? I, I don't know. That's <laughs> Sundays night shift. What am I missing on Sundays? What's on Sunday? No, no, no. On su- no, I mean like on 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 a night shift. I didn't say Sunday. Oh, Sunday. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Um, we'll get to the phone lines real fast here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. While we do that, uh, our M Dyer Global scoreboard is brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. We mentioned that Giants score uh, just a moment ago. Giants are up six to one in the bottom of the sixth inning, thanks to a Joey Bart two-run single extending that lead angels and uh, mariners tied at two bottom of the sixth inning 
Uh, Shohei Otani has pitched in that game. I wouldn't say it's his best, but uh, Shohei's pitched okay. Luis Castillo on the other side for Seattle has pitched well. Everything else has gone final, including the New York Yankees losing again. Uh, four to nothing, the final score. Uh, that's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. Walt is uh, calling in here at 808-296-1420. Hi, Walt. Walt, hey, hey, hi. Getting, hey, hey, getting kind of mushy in here, Hey, best of luck to you again. Hello, 808. Yes, sir. Thank you, Walt. Appreciate you listening. Uh, uh, Josh. All righty. Uh, texter from the two eight. Oh, this is uh, oh Ken. Ken says uh, he's going to miss Keegan Center, uh, but he says he hopes to see you in the golf course on Sundays. <sighs> see, so the you know so... why, but you know why though he can't wait to see you in the golf course on Sundays, um, because he wants to see you on the golf course on Sundays because he knows you're going to shoot a higher score than him. Oh, absolutely. I've, <laughs> I've, I've hit nothing. Lately, if you go to Westlock, I think it's the seventh hole that there's water on either side of the fairway. I swear, every single drive I try to hit there, it lands either left or right, never goes down the center. But um, Ken's been so great. Uh, yeah. Of course, our HR person here at uh, IO for a couple years. and um, But um, still uh, one, of the be- one of the best people. And uh, his son, uh, Alec, he's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got to met actually Ken and um his and the sister Kara. So we go out golfing sometimes on Sundays. They're all good fun. So yeah, hopefully on hopefully on Sundays, uh, uh I'll shoot lower than I've tried to because I, I've landed up normally in the nineties, but I'm trying to get that a little lower. You know, since we've had this conversation over the last oh how long has it been? Uh, about ten minutes or so. I remember now when um when you mentioned the intern part, I I now remember the email that was like, "Hey, um, got someone who might be might be interesting as a you know in, in in that position." I remember I remember that introduction email now, and so uh, uh, it's all starting to come full circle, which is uh, which is kind of cool. Texture from the two two eight, known Keegan since he was a kid, said that same great personality and hasn't changed. He'll do great whatever he does. Yep, uh, he's already doing great. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. So. Uh, Keegan, while I say uh, we're going to miss you, you still have an hour and 45 minutes of work left after we're done. <laughs> so um... Still got still got some <laughs> evening news and still got <laughs> some podcast <laughs> recordings to take care <laughs> of, but it, the, last 50, the last, what, 11 minutes here on air. <laughs> there's, there's still some work to do. Uh, traffic and a final thought, uh, the Yankees. Ugh. What did Aaron Boone say about it? That's next on ESPN Honolulu. A uh, quick update. The uh, Junior League World Series featuring a uh, team from Hawaii. They uh, they won on Sunday 6-5 to five over the Michigan D5 region. Uh, Honolulu Little League. Today, um, they lost 13-1 uh, to, to the Southwest, uh, Southwest Regional. So, uh, they will play tomorrow. They move down to the loser's bracket. Uh, Hawaii will take on the Southeast region, uh, that region helmed by Loudon South Little League from South Riding, Virginia. Uh, that's tomorrow, 2 o'clock. You can watch that game on ESPN+. And uh, don't forget, 
that uh, the Honolulu Little League, uh, Little League team, this is Honolulu Junior League we're talking about, Honolulu Little League at the Little League World Series gets underway on Wednesday, 12.45 broadcast time, uh, taking on a team from Washington. Uh, that's on our sister station, CBS 1500. They'll take on Bonnie Lake, Washington, and our coverage is presented uh, by Sports Stand Sporting Goods. We've gotten a number of people on board uh, including uh, Aloha Termite and Pest Control uh, therein as well. So uh, looking forward to that on Wednesday. All right, final thought today. Uh, the New York Yankees are scuffling, and it is bad. They've now gone, what, 3-11 and, uh, and 11 in their last 14 games. They don't have the best record in the American League. That belongs to the Houston Astros, and right now, Despite Aaron Judge hitting home runs at a breakneck pace, the Yankees can't score runs, which seems kind of, you know, counterproductive, but they have been shut out the last couple of games. Aaron Boone just a little while ago channeling his inner Aaron Rodgers on patience. Although I know Aaron Rodgers said R-E-L-A-X, relax, but you kind of get the drift. This is Aaron Boone a little while ago. Take a listen. And when we're whole, we are going to be a very good offense. Um, obviously, we got to we got to play better. We got to do better than that. You know, we're we're good. We're going to get we're going to get a little more whole as we move forward here. Uh, but right now, um, we got to do better, and and it's hard and it's hard right now. And we got to find a way, and we got to keep you know keep digging ourselves out of this because you know you go through something like this i think a couple individuals that you know struggle a little bit with their confidence right now you gotta you gotta find a way when it's difficult boone trying to preach patience and obviously in front of the microphones and the cameras you're gonna hear a tamed version of aaron boone I think what he's probably saying behind closed doors is what the bleep is wrong. Um, like I said earlier, I don't blame injuries. This team is too deep to blame injuries. And I'm, I'm surprised to hear about the confidence part because, frankly, this is a team that had the best record in baseball for most of the year. How is confidence now a problem that is concerning as uh, we head down the final month and a half of a year we'll see you tomorrow tsbn honolulu